Hey, what's going on? This is Jeremy Thone, Marketing Director of 3PL Systems and host of 3PL Live. Excited to share an interview with Dan Hellman of HubTech. He is their Chief Sales Officer over there. Had a really good background in the freight space, and now he works with freight brokerages on automations. The technology that they use is OCR, optical character recognition, and then they also use some robotic process automation RPA. You can think of it just as kind of low-level work that uh, needs to be automated, whether that's checking the status of a load or whether that's building a load from your email and then having it actually put into the TMS. So they do a lot of really neat things with Tabby Connect, and then they also have a near-showing product as well. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Dan. Uh, thanks for coming on to 3PL Live. I'm excited to speak to you. I've seen your content on LinkedIn. I'm a fan. You write some really good data-driven content, which I which I appreciate. So for those people that don't know you, would you mind just introducing yourself, what you do at HubTech? Great. Uh, first, thanks for having me, Jeremy. Really happy to be here. I've also followed your content as well and, and seen a few of, the, few of your episodes. I'm Dan Hellman. I'm the Chief Sales Officer for HubTech. HubTech, um, we, what we do is we focus on driving efficiency in the logistics space. Uh, so we focus heavily on data and efficiency. Um, and we kind of help logistics companies, whether they're brokerages, asset-based carriers, freight forwarding companies, through three different approaches. So first, we have Tabby Connect, our process automation platform. Automating numerous tasks you know, throughout the life cycle of a shipment or a load, so basically take that manual work off your human labor's plate so they can focus on actual human tasks. Mm -hmm. Secondary is nearshore staffing, low cost, high quality talent option. We operate out of Colombia and also Ecuador and are currently expanding throughout Latin America and the world. And then third is ProfitQuest. We have a training platform, an LMS designed specifically for logistics, preloaded with about 36 hours of content, quizzes that you can then customize and make it your own. Kind of hitting the efficiency from all different areas. That's super uh, cool. Yeah. And so yeah. before coming to HubTech, I was actually on the broker side of business for about 14 years. Oh, so wow. HubTech has actually a vendor of mine. So kind of been well-versed in different aspects of the industry. Interesting. Very interesting. From the broker side of the business too, was there a lot of like inefficiencies that you saw? It seems like a lot of things within brokerage, there's a lot of things that didn't get looked at for quite a while, like maybe some of these mundane tasks, which was kind of ripe for robotic process automation. And I'd like to get like, just like a basic definition of what that is exactly. Like, uh, could you give like, maybe like an example? Yeah. So our technology uses a variety. Well, I say our technology, I mean, Tabby Connect uses a variety of different technologies. Uh, so it's not just RPA, robotic process automation, which essentially is a, is a software that mimics the clicks, the logic of, of a human. Mm -hmm. um, so whether it's inputting data, taking data from one field to another field, like the data entry type. So it does kind of give us this reach, but it does have limitations. Sure. So when we're automating process, we might use some RPA for part of the process. Then we'll use APIs. Uh, so just those, those direct connections between systems. We also utilize OCR, which stands for optical character recognition, mm -hmm. which is also another software that can basically read images, can read PDFs and extract information so you can do something with it. We have a lot of different technology kind of coming together and there's, there's several others that we don't need to go down the rabbit hole on uh, to really be as efficient as possible. What do you look for? Like when you go to like a, like a brokerage, are you just looking for something that's like a repeatable process that might not be adding much value, but is time consuming? Is that kind of like a good place to start for like what to use Tabby on? Exactly. So it's those repeatable processes, the things that are time drains. A lot of times it's the, the activities that people don't really like doing. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so for example, uh, we're doing a lot of rate quoting automation, uh, whether it's real-time rating where the customer's pulling it out of the system. And just so that way it's a touchless process because people don't like quoting loads. I mean, mm -hmm. we all know it. I mean, the response rate is typically very low. Mm -hmm. um, and after a killer week, you don't want to stay late on a Friday and quote out 200 shipments. Sure. Uh, so there's a lot of just missed opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And so it could be that, it could be building loads, it could be scheduling appointments, we're going to uh, appointment scheduling module. So there's a lot of different processes. So we, we do look at those manual tasks, but it also varies from company to company. Mm -hmm. So um, we actually do go on site for our customers and we can sit there, shadow each department and start mocking out different things that we can really drive that efficiency. Whether it's full automations, whether it's partial, where the human just utilize automation to extend their reach. So basically they can just do a lot more and then seeing how we can tie together automation with our nearshore staffing to really drive the most efficiency. Because tech is great, low cost labor is great, but you have to really put them together to be the most efficient. It seems like a lot of people might not know about some of these things as well. Like there's probably some brokerages that still probably are heavily on like spreadsheets and just overwhelmed with like emails and, and just like phone calls. So it seems like there's kind of like a shift now of like, maybe like making recommendations with some of this data or just automating the stuff that's not like super useful. So it's really interesting that what you guys are doing over there, do you think that there's a little bit of a education that's still going on as well, where people are still kind of figuring some of this stuff out? There definitely is. Um, I mean, the technology we're using has been in other industries for a long time. It's, it's newer to logistics. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's definitely education that we have to provide to our customers and to you know, the companies that are you know, our future customers of just like what can really be done. Because brokerage is very manual, and I am a firm believer that brokerage is a relationship game. Mm -hmm. I don't think the end-all be-all is you know, completely no human interaction. It, it, it's that in-between. So you're sure. freeing up to people's time so they can actually build relationships, send thank you notes to customers, talk to carriers, prospect carriers, and build those relationships and not move data. I'm always driven like on efficiency, so I can't wait for the day to where people are bragging on LinkedIn about how they've increased their load count by headcount or reduce their transaction cost instead mm -hmm. of just how many people they've hired because it's not really efficient. Or they can now work on less computer screens and not need six computer screens, <laughs> which are really cool. It's really cool looking, but yeah. it's not efficient. No, I get it. It looks awesome, but it's at the end of the day, you look like a CIA agent and, and it's, it's really interesting. Some of this stuff going on. And I think there's a little bit of fear maybe within like the brokerage market or just people in general and supply chain that like, they feel like maybe if the computer does a lot of the work, what are they going to do? But going back to what you're saying, I think that humans are really good at, at building relationships that computers can never really replace that. It just seemed like there was a lot of time, like wasted doing things that weren't really adding value or maybe it was also causing things to be a little bit more transactional versus like relationship based mm -hmm. and it seems like from what i'm gathering and from my own personal knowledge it seems like a lot of things are just allowing people to get better at the human connection but just kind of like not worrying about like the the tedious exactly and that's a common misconception people are worried that Technology is going to come in, automation is going to come in, it's going to eliminate jobs. It doesn't. All the engagements we've had, we've eliminated absolutely zero jobs. Now, we've increased efficiency. We've freed up time to where they can make on, take on more tasks mm -hmm. or focus on higher level tasks. Like The things that we're automating are the jobs that people don't like to do. So really, we're enhancing their work-life balance. We're enhancing their job satisfaction. But that is a, that is a common misconception that, that that is occurring. 
What do you say to the people too that are just like a little bit fearful? Let's just say that in their mind they they just don't understand technology that well, and they feel that like if they do automate one part, that it's going to get out of control and then just domino effect this like negative kind of spiral thing. I guess I think people might have that in the back of their mind, but I think about like starting slow and like doing like a sample set. Is there any like advice that you have for people that are just like more worried? Start slow. Most of our customers they start with one automation, one process, maybe just rate quoting for two customers, and then they slowly add on. Now, what we do see is they start with one automation, and then a few months later they do another, and then they do another. Where we have customers that now have ten automations going in their system because uh, they're really seeing if how much efficiency they're gaining, how much power they can really harness. From that, but that is kind of a. They're afraid sometimes it is going to run away on them, and so what we always try to explain and show is that automation actually controls so it doesn't run away. Mm-hmm. When you automate a process, you actually have a set process that's going to be followed correctly the way you want it 100% of the time. Where now you look across the broker's floor, let's say you got 60 brokers out there, I guarantee you that no one's doing it the exact same way. That's where things run away on you. That's where you set up carriers that you shouldn't, or you're under-quoting or over-quoting customers because everyone's doing it their own way. Emotions are tied into it. They're busy. They cut corners. So that's when it can really run away on you. That's a really interesting point. I think that a lot of a lot of this freight brokerages in general and supply chain, it seems to run on this like tribal knowledge, like Bob in the warehouse knows how to like rate this and so-and-so knows exactly which carrier to do. And it's like this sort of like knowledge that lives in each people's head. And I'm wondering, like, it seems like a lot of these companies like yourself, they're kind of like digitizing some of this knowledge so that it actually is a lot safer because it's it seems like there's a lot more single points of failure when you have certain people that only have knowledge about the business and other people that don't. So to me, I think it makes a lot of sense to have like these processes in place to get everyone kind of doing the same thing in line. Like you mentioned, like pricing some or pricing similar or just doing things more operationally, like the same standardization of things. Exactly. When you automate processes, it allows you to harness that deep industry knowledge that, you know, your experienced people have and apply it across the entire floor, uh, which is great because training new hires on that deep industry knowledge is, is hard. It doesn't transfer well. We don't say, and if you've heard any of my panels I've been on, you know, previous TIA conferences, I always say that you shouldn't automate 100% of freight. You shouldn't automate 100% of rate quoting. There is freight and loads that you need human eyes on. You need that gut check. Uh, things are uh, changing too quickly. But majority of freight, majority of rate quoting, majority of load building, you 100% can automate. So we're not trying to capture 100%. We're trying to automate 60, 70% that you can. So your experience people can focus on the stuff that you can't. Yeah, it's this almost like managed by exception thing. I think that people got so used to like needing eyes on everything that they felt that they needed like a human's eyes for something that was kind of predictable and the same each time. So it seems like now this kind of like that 80-20 rule thing where maybe like 80% of your stuff's automated and 20% of it is basically like managed by exception, which it makes you a lot more profitable. You do a lot more loads. Plus, like I think with the way the industry is going with some of these bigger brokers like Convoy and like Uber Freight, like a lot of these smaller guys are going to need to do something like this to basically catch up with some of these other brokerages. This technology is really what's kind of leveling the playing field because uh, the technology that we are selling and supplying to the market, really large companies have had it for a while. That's because they have $100 million to drop towards their tech research and development every single year. 
for now it's available for the masses and more a la carte so they can slowly scale into it and focus just on the, the big bottlenecks they have. And what's also great about it, it's not just the efficiency gain, but there's amazing data that's flowing through brokerages every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and so once you can automate the process, you can then report on everything going on. So you'll now know all the quote requests you receive that you respond to, that you don't respond to, which can then dictate how you want to focus your carrier sales efforts. Maybe mm -hmm. you see this one uh, lane volume is spiked up drastically. You need to start prospecting carriers for that lane. Or when it's all siloed off, you can't pull it all together when it's done individually. And I know from like when I was running a, uh, my previous brokerage, you can't get sales reps to enter in quotes. They'll quote customers, but they're not going to log every single quote in details. It's just mm -hmm. it's not efficient. And I can never do it at least. Sure. And so now you can do that. And so you can actually report on leading indicators instead of those lagging and have a true idea of what is your demand from your customer base. Load count moved, margin received is not an indication of what your demand is. Core request coming in is demand. How do you guys automate the, so when you said automate the rate quotes, are you doing like LTL and truckload or is it LTL or like what, what does that process look like? So primarily doing truckload, uh, we do have LTL uh, rate quote automations out there. What's happening is the rate requests come over, the automation reads it, it connects directly with the rate engines that our customers are already currently using. We have API connections, whether it's with green screens, cargo chief, logistical apps, truck stop, we're working on several others. Exact same range they use, you can even connect into their historical data. And then it's gonna run it through what we call a parameter set. The mm -hmm. parameter set is the logic tree. So that's where we capture all that deep industry knowledge. Even though someone has 20 years experience and they think it's completely an art form, there is a logic they're following, they just don't realize it. And so we mm -hmm. capture it there. Final bill amount will be sent back directly to the customer. So it's all dynamic. You can change it on the fly. You can change it every minute if you wanted to, and it's live immediately. Capturing that knowledge, capturing the data, so you make better educated decisions in the future, and then freeing up to people. That's awesome. And is that one of the bigger products that people really love about HubTech? I mean, Tabby obviously could do many things, but it seems like the rate quote for truckload is pretty big. It is big. Um, we do a lot of different things. Um, like I said, touchless load building, whether it's PDF tenders coming over, you can read it, automatically building the system, finishing out EDI loads that come over because they usually come over messy. Mm -hmm. um, it could be uh, back office, processing invoices, uh, status updates. We're working with one company. Uh, well, they have to mainly input status updates in and out times, close out loads for 30 different platforms. Wow. So we're able to automate all that. So they're just working on those exceptions. So we really run the gamut. Um, we're really excited for the uh, appointment scheduling modules because appointment scheduling is, is really tedious and not very sure. fun to do, uh -huh. um, but it does a lot. But most of our customers start with a rate quoting first. That's basically just because it's, it's gotten a lot of hold in the industry with mm -hmm. the push from shippers of real-time rating, pretty much why we have uh, a lot of different processes. That load building seems really interesting too, because like there, I bet you there's a lot of loads that come through emails that probably never even get into like the TMS because people are busy and they don't probably rate all of them for whatever reason, probably because they're like, I'm not going to get it. So screw it or whatever their mm -hmm. mentality might be. So that's really interesting to get that one thing built and then have the load come into like the TMS so you could actually rate the thing and get a quote out. Yeah. seems like you can get a lot more business potentially. Yeah, you do. And so... So with those uh, smaller customers, and maybe they're only doing two, three, four loads a month, they typically get forgotten about just because 
the sail drip has you know bigger fish to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's still good freight. That's still four loads of profit. And so as the attention is diverted somewhere else by a sales rep, that customer is neglected, not getting rate quotes. They stop requesting rates or just simply on the load building. Sometimes it takes a lot of time to build a load. Sometimes they're built incorrectly because they're copying from a previous load or they're not entering all the data. If they forget to put in case counts or pallet mm-hmm. counts with the automation, it's going to capture every bit of information. So every load is built the exact way you want it to be built every single time. So to have that standardized process. Yeah, it seems like there's like a standardization with like data because a lot of data is probably siloed and you couldn't really interpret data as well. So it seems like a lot of this helps out with that standardization so you could actually get useful reporting as well, which is clean clean data is hard to come by. So that's also mm-hmm. seems like it's pretty pretty important as as well. What about some of these um like this near shore near shoring in like um I guess, South America, how does some of that work? And like, what are people using that for exactly? Like using it for like operations, like uh, dispatching? Yeah, so we, uh, we're we only focused on just logistics. So, but we are covering pretty much every position across logistics industry. So uh, a couple of our, our, I guess you say our, our hottest positions, uh, carrier sales is a big one. You know, me being from the industry, pretty much all leadership being from the industry, we built out a really strong carrier sales program. We provide ongoing continual training for 16 weeks after they start live. So we're making like very well-rounded carrier sales reps. Uh, you can't train a carrier sales rep in two weeks. It's impossible. Um, that's not a carrier sales rep. That's a track and trace person. Mm-hmm. Also customer facing sales, whether it's BDRs, lead gen, or straight account management. We also have a continual training program that lasts a total of three weeks in the classroom and then six weeks of role-playing coaching sessions. Um, but the other positions could be like back office, track and trace, night dispatch, those all kind of run the gamut. When we really excel on the the fun projects are when we go into a company, combine both that technology and talent together. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually just did a a post on LinkedIn today that there's a company I was working with. They have five people mainly building loads in their system. They were outsourcing it. So at least lower cost, not paying someone $45,000 a year, but still inefficient. We're able to come in and using one of our automations and one of our near near shore staffing reps handle all that workload, uh, increase they're going to see in load count, and it's going to save them about sixty thousand dollars straight to their bottom line. Wow, that's huge. I mean, that's really big for any brokerages. I mean, especially with the economy, like having some funky things going on with this looming recession. I think we might already be in one, but it, it just seems like anyone's looking to to make more money like that, or just to, I guess it's already there. It's just the way it's arranged isn't the, the most efficient. And that's really, that's fascinating. It seems like you guys are really doing a good job of like training your people down there too. It's not like you're throwing them in the fire, which is awesome. Like, I feel like there's not a lot of good training programs out there. What's the deal with like carrier sales? When I was in freight 10, 15 years ago now, I, I'm dating myself, but I, I feel like there wasn't, I think it was like just customer sales at that time. I don't remember that model being around, like what's, what's the deal with that? Their whole job is just to go out there and build relationships with the carriers and then try to find carriers. Is that kind of like their main goal? Essentially. Yeah. And each company is a little different and it is a, um, I would say a newer model. I guess some people call it the Chicago models and people call it split, split concepts. You know, I guess it's would say probably, I'm not sure who the first company really came out with right. it. You know, I think where it really got hold was probably with Coyote or really mm-hmm. from you know, American backhaulers, but I could be wrong with that. I came into the industry with cradle to grade model. 
And then the next company I went to, we started off Creole Gray. We made a decision to split and have, you know, customer facing sales, carrier facing sales. We decided to do that for one, uh, recruiting purposes. It's hard to hire someone that can do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm focused on one task. Some companies treat it as they are there just to sell loads, uh, or work the boards. Other companies use it as that, but also their prospecting force to go out and build carrier relationships, uh, develop leads, and not uh, so be more proactive than reactive to it. Some companies combine all operational tasks into it. So they're doing track and trace, stay up to carriers. It's kind of after the, the load tender is received, they now carry with it. It really varies from company to company, but it is separating customer facing to more operational tasks. Sure. I can imagine too, it probably happened that way too, because the market for truckloads so fragmented. Like I know like a buddy of mine has like a truck company with like, maybe they have like six truckload trailers or whatever. And it's interesting. There's like something like hundreds of thousands of these, I believe like in the market. So it's just, you see why it's so fragmented because they probably all have different technology stacks and they're all doing different things. So yeah. like, it, it makes sense. Like why, like things like, I don't know, technology is going to come in and kind of help out with some of this stuff. I, I'm wondering like what's going to happen in like the next, do you have any thoughts on like, um, I guess trends in the next couple of years or anything you're excited about or. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of a few trends that might be popping in my mind. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm partial to the, the automation piece. Um, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. it too. What about no, like. Absolutely you- in that way, but <laughs> there, there's some exciting stuff coming down the line and what, what makes it um, really exciting is how cost of entry for it isn't great. And so it's just, it's leveling that playing field. Mm-hmm. You know, right now it's a massive advantage. Probably in a few years, it's just going to be, you know, green sea. It's going to be a requirement, you know, somewhere right. how like GPS tracking was. How do you think that these people that aren't like looking at, I'm sure that there's a lot of brokers out there that are still doing like a lot of old school processes, like spreadsheets and just a lot of phone calls. What do you think that they're, I mean, how do you think that these people find out about like people like Hubtech? Do you think they just need to be like more open-minded or like, how, how are you guys finding these folks that are ready to, to make a switch? Yeah. So we find uh, companies, one, you know, we're pretty active in conferences recently, just one uh, best in show at the freight waves future supply chain that was down in Northwest Arkansas. So we're active in those. The one best in show actually the past five shows they've had. Oh, awesome. Um, so whether it's through that LinkedIn, uh, you know, just our sales efforts and, and word of mouth. But I think a common thought that some, maybe whether they're smaller companies or companies that are still doing things very manually is that it sounds too good to be true or that it must be way too expensive that there's no way it's even the wheelhouse that's for, you know, the, the mega brokers of the world, which just isn't the case. Sure. So maybe in their mind, they have these conceptions, like they can't afford it maybe, or that like, uh, it's just, yeah, I get what you're saying. They haven't like really done a thorough job necessarily of researching it. And they've already made maybe an assumption that might not be correct instead of like investigating it a little bit more. Yep. And, and it's, and it's hard to spend the time to thoroughly vet and investigate just because they're running, they have a business to run. I mean, just the whirlwind of the day to day and constantly putting out fires. It's hard to spend that time to work on the business step in the business. And so that's where, you know, you need to try to find that time or check out the vendors that are at conferences and, and just also use your gut. I mean, mm-hmm. does, do you feel like the potential vendor knows the industry, knows your company and you get a good vibe off of them? Then it's probably the vendor you want to go with. If they don't know the industry and they don't know why you may want to check reefer breakdown insurance or how things affect rates. 
then their tech could be amazing, but they don't know the industry. It's not applicable to the industry. It's just not going to work. And you're not going to have any adoption. You guys know the industry really well. So like, it's not like you're going to, the people are going to have to go explain to you what, like what a truckload is or LCL or reefer and all this sort of stuff. And it's a very nuanced industry too. So I think that having that knowledge base and knowing how to like apply with whatever situation helps a lot. And it makes, it would probably make them feel a lot more comfortable because they're like, okay, like these people speak my language. They know what's going on. So I, I think that that is all super cool. Are you guys going to any other conferences this year? Are you going to go to that Freight Waves event in Chattanooga at the end of the year? Yes. Uh-huh. So we'll be there. Um, I'll, I'll myself personally be there. We'll bring a handful of people down. Also be at Technovations that TI is putting on. LTNA that's out in San Diego. I think we have another six conferences uh, still this year. Uh, so we'll, we'll be pretty active out there. Very cool. And then who do you guys, who do you guys normally talk to at these companies? Is it like the, I would imagine, depending on the size of the company, do people have CTOs at brokerages or is that like only like the really big brokerages? Some do. Um, typically we're having conversations with either, you know, ownership, C-level, VP level, maybe a director. So it's the overall at the higher level, some CTOs, CIOs, but what's, what's nice with our automation is that there is very little technology requirements needed from our customer's end. So they don't need a CTO. They don't need an IT director. They really need anyone in IT because the stuff we require, pretty much anyone in leadership can set up. Typically, it's not a very uh, tech forward sale because uh, tech researchers may not be on those, those, those customer sides. Great if they are, but they're not needed. Yeah, that, that's cool. So it sounds like you guys could help out like, you know, the smaller to midsize broker with like, they don't necessarily have to have all of their stuff figured out and don't worry and be insecure if you don't have it all figured out because this is what people like HubTech are here to help you with. Exactly, exactly. And so it really runs that gamut. You know, some of our smallest customers are probably 10 million a year in revenue. And then we have several customers that are over a billion. And so the, the, the offering fits both. It's just how many processes or how many things we want to tie together with it. Well, I appreciate your time, Dan. That was a really fun conversation about automation. I learned a lot. Um, if people want to reach out to you to learn more about HubTech or get a demo, how, how should they reach out? So you can either reach out to me on LinkedIn, shoot me a message. You can also email me at danh at gohubtech.com or really reach out to anyone in our organization and they'll make sure that you get connected to the right person. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dan over at HubTech. It's really interesting, all these different automations that are coming into the freight tech space. You can really see that it is leveling the playing field with some of these bigger mega brokerages like Convoy or Uber Freight. So it's really neat to see how this could really help a lot of these brokerages out. So thanks for listening.